Welcome to our Trade Academy podcast series in which our experts simplify complex concepts involved in international trade and trade finance. In this episode, the focus will be cancellation and claims, extended payment demands and unusual governing laws. Unusual governing laws, laws that both the bank and the applicant are not familiar with. You and I both are not familiar with certain laws of certain countries and you and I should not say yes to such laws and we have to refuse collectively and go back to the beneficiary say we are not happy with these laws we would like to issue the guarantee under URDG which is the uniform rules for demand guarantees uh, which is acceptable worldwide or if it is in UAE HSBC then HSBC in UAE or if it's one of the countries within the region the laws of those countries Oman Qatar Bahrain Kuwait we're happy with and if push comes to shove as we say we may consider the english laws that most beneficiaries and applicants and banks are aware of another risk that we've seen is the assignment without the consent of the bank example this guarantee may, may be assigned to any party by the beneficiary without the consent of the issuing bank this is certainly a concern the bank will not want to issue such guarantees because we need to know who we are dealing with we need to know who the the new beneficiary is or new employer is and therefore it is a must for the bank to know who the guarantee is assigned to and it's not only information we need to provide our consent without our consent the guarantee cannot be assigned another example is it's a tricky one it says we shall not attempt to assign the guarantee without your consent well it's equally bad it says we shall not attempt to assign the guarantee even in such instances we would consider that as a great risk right this is our last guarantees can only be cancelled according to the terms in the guarantee as per the applicable law or when a beneficiary clearly releases the bank from its liability under the guarantee generally guarantees can be cancelled when one or more of the following conditions are fulfilled one on expiry of the guarantee two when the complete guarantee amount is claimed by the beneficiary and paid by the bank three when the beneficiary submits their signed letter releasing the bank from its liability four when the original guarantee is returned by applicant so this is something that hsbc has come up with to help our applicants because we often see in the uae market and also in the region that once a contract has been completed the beneficiaries do not essentially send in their consent to the bank to cancel the guarantees instead they return the original guarantee now in the middle east this is the practice so our legal teams have taken a step to say to help our clients and as since this is the practice so let's consider the return of a guarantee as a, a request to cancel by the beneficiary however we would need the applicant to to provide a letter to us indicating that the beneficiary has returned the guarantee as the contract has been completed and that they have no claims and once we receive the letter from the applicant and the original guarantee we then send a notification to the beneficiary and and in 15 days if we do not hear 
from the beneficiary advising its refusal or rejection to the notification, then we go ahead and cancel it on the 16th day. So number four, this is a, a process that we follow in HSBC. I'm not too sure whether other banks do follow this. This is a step that we have taken to help our clients. Number five, when the requirements for demand, for the demand under the guarantee can no longer be complied with. Number six, after a termination event has occurred as stated in the guarantee. To summarize, for cancellations, we will need the original guarantee and any subsequent original amendments, if any, covering letter from the applicant signed by the authorized signatories. This again goes with point number four. If we have a covering letter from the beneficiary addressed to the bank, confirming that we are released, then we do not need to send the 15-day notification and we can cancel the guarantee immediately. Claims. There are generally two types of claims. Direct pay claim and number two is extend or pay claim. Direct pay claim. This is a claim where the beneficiary wants the payment to be made immediately. There is no extension given as an alternative. The beneficiary will state that in line with the terms of the demand stated in the guarantee that the contractor has failed to fulfill its terms and conditions as with the contract. Therefore, please make payment full stop. The bank is obliged to pay and the bank will honor its commitment within reasonable time, usually a max of three working days. Extend or pay demand. In this type of claim, a beneficiary usually submits a claim close to the expiry of the guarantee, informing the issuing bank that the underlying performance is not yet completed. Therefore, they wish to have the guarantee extended for a further period, maybe six months, maybe a year. And if for any reason the issuing bank is not able to extend the guarantee, then the beneficiary will ask the issuing bank to consider their demand as their claim for payment. So it's an alternative. If you extend the guarantee, the beneficiary says my claim stands withdrawn. If you do not extend the guarantee, then you must pay us. So that's it for on, on, on the presentation. We'll be happy to take on questions. Ben? So Royston, uh, I think the first one we can go to is around performance bonds and retention bonds. So if sure. the performance bond is open-ended, then is a retention bond still required? Okay, thanks, Ben. Yeah, good question. Very often we see performance bonds extended to cover the retention period. If the beneficiary is happy to have an extended performance bond, then it's fine. You can issue that. But what if you require the monies that are retained by the employer. In such instances, you will need to issue a retention bond to obtain or to take back the monies that are retained under the contract. This is the only reason why a retention bond would ideally be required. If you do not require the monies, then I'm sure a performance bond, an extended performance bond will sort of cover the warranty or the maintenance period of that particular project. But it's best that you have a clear definition from the two. So a retention bond is required only when you require the retained monies back. 
as you know, whenever contract goes on, the money is that you invoice, you may not get the full thing. You will get less, let's say 10%, which are retained by the employer. And those monies need to come back to you once you complete the project or the contract. So this is why a retention bond is required. Uh, but to answer your question, you can extend the performance bond to cover the retention period, provided you don't need the retained monies. Thank you, Royston. Uh, next one. If the original guarantee is not available, what are the options available for cancellation? Good question. So if we have, when I say we, I'm talking about the issuing bank, okay, or HSBC. If we have the consent from the beneficiary, so on its letter, beneficiary signs up a letter, writes to HSBC, addresses the letter to HSBC and says, we do not have any claim on this guarantee. And the HSBC, you may cancel the guarantee. Then we do not require the original guarantee. That consent will suffice. That, in fact, is way better than the return of the original guarantee. The consent will constitute immediate cancellation of our liability. But if you do not have the consent of the beneficiary, then we would request you to arrange for the return of the original guarantee with you as a contractor or the applicant requesting us to cancel the guarantee and the whole process of 15 days notification to the beneficiary take place. But we do not require the original guarantee if we have the consent from the beneficiary. Next one is, what is the procedure of assigning a guarantee to another party? Right, okay. This comes under the assignment of guarantees. So in this instance, you have the applicant who issues a guarantee, uh, we issue the guarantee on behalf of the applicant favoring a beneficiary and then the beneficiary will now want to assign the guarantee to another beneficiary. So the process of doing that is the beneficiary would write to us and request us to agree and provide its consent to assigning the guarantee to the second beneficiary. Of course, when the beneficiary comes to us for assigning the guarantee to another beneficiary, it would be subject to our satisfaction and our internal approvals, one. And also we would come to you as a contractor as an applicant and say that the beneficiary has come to us asking us to assign the guarantee to another beneficiary. Are you okay with it? Once you say you're okay, we will then go through our process and see whether we are happy with the new beneficiary. And thereafter, we will issue a letter saying that here onwards, our liability is to the new beneficiary. So the request on the assignment needs to be made by the first beneficiary we receive it or we call it transfer of guarantees. That's the terminology used in your DG, transferable guarantees. And then we issue a, uh, a letter confirming that our liability now is to the new beneficiary. Great. Thank you, Rustam. Um, and next question around um, guarantees expiry dates. Uh, here we go. So once the guarantee has expired, should the applicant provide the original guarantee in order to cancel it? In other words, would the original guarantee provision be mandatory for the cancellation of the guarantee? Or have you just covered that off within the previous one when the, the original guarantee wasn't available? Yeah, so the short answer to that is no. We do not require the original guarantee if the guarantee is already expired. Excellent. Thank you, Royston. Uh, so next one on the claim settlement for guarantees. Are there any specific timelines that are set out either by the, the bank or through some of the rules and regulations like URDG as to what the timeline should be for settlement? Five business days 
the guarantees that we issue are subject to laws of UAE and UAE and all the laws of the countries, let's say, within the region. The laws of the countries are not very clear as to when we have to pay. Now, the URDG will talk about five business days. But if we rest on the guidelines of the URDG for a guarantee that was issued, let's say, in the law under the laws of Oman, we may not necessarily be in line or aligned with the laws of Oman and the laws or the legal system in Oman may find us accountable for delaying payment. So URDG says five business days and this is why we always advise our clients to always uh, have the guarantee subject to URDG because it's very clear, uh, especially when it comes to claims. But if a guarantee is subject to a law other than, let's say, URDG, then we as a bank, uh, we would want to pay immediately and internally we look at a maximum, we may do it on the second day, a maximum of three banking days or three business days. But we may do it on the second day. Of course, we will always inform the applicant that we are obliged to pay and that we will be paying. But for your information, internally we look at about three business days. Thanks, Royston. Can you elaborate on guarantees reissuance? What are the responsibilities of banks? Do you confirm that the beneficiary beneficiary will receive his funds without the need of the reissuing bank to collect it first from the applicant bank? Okay, so I think the question is around counter guarantees the moment you use the term reissuance. Okay, so what is a counter guarantee for the benefit of everyone who's listening? A counter guarantee is usually or always issued uh, when the contractor and the beneficiary are not in the same country. So let's assume the beneficiary is uh, a government entity in UAE and the contractor is a party in UK. So in the event that the contractor does not have their presence in UAE, then the contractor in UK will issue a counter guarantee through their bankers by way of a swift message. Okay, the message transmission type MT760. The counter guarantee or the swift is issued to a bank in UAE, in my example, and the bank in UAE will reissue at the back of the counter guarantee or the SWIFT message, MT760, and will reissue the guarantee favoring the beneficiary here. So that is the, the process of a counter guarantee transaction. So if the applicant wants to change the text of the guarantee or change the value of the guarantee or change the the tenor of the guarantee, the applicant will request the counter guarantor, that is the applicant's bank, in my example in UK, will request the counter guarantor or the bank in UK to issue or release a swift message asking the reissuing bank, which is the bank in UAE, bank based in UAE, to change or amend the text. So that is the process. Now, the responsibilities of the banks, the responsibilities of the bank, the counter guarantor, which is, in my example, the UK bank, and the guarantor or the reissuing bank, which is in UAE, UAE bank is totally and completely relied on the counter guarantor who's in UK. Without the counter guarantee instructing the guarantor or the reissuing bank to do anything, the reissuing bank cannot on its own do any changes to the guarantee. 
Thank you, Wilson. So finally from me, thank you so much for joining. Thank you all. Thank you. That's it for this episode. And a little reminder now that all episodes of the HSBC Trade Academy are available online for you to listen to again and again at your convenience. 